0: It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast, with your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, hey,
1: hey, welcome to the Ambiguously Blind Studios. A full transcript of this episode and most others, as well as more details about the conversation and the guests can be found at ambiguouslyblind.com. And if you want to email me, your humble host with the most, I can be reached at john at amblind.com, that's J-O-H-N at A-M-B-L-I-N-D This conversation is with the membership and safe sports coordinator with the United States Association of Blind Athletes, better known as the U.S. ABA, but you likely know her as a 2012 participant in the London Paralympics. Kat Bocamp, thanks for joining us.
0: Hi, John. Thanks for having me.
1: We're going to talk a lot about the United States Association for Blind Athletes, but I want to talk a little bit about you first. You are a Paralympian.
0: I am, yes. I was a 2012 Paralympian, and I actually competed in the sport of wheelchair fencing. I was born with a physical disability uh, from birth where I Basically, the easiest way to explain it is I am missing most of the muscles below my knee in one of my legs. And so with that, that qualified me for uh, the Paralympic style sports. And I got involved in wheelchair fencing and immediately fell in love with the concept of being able to stab people and get points for it. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now you'd have to go to jail or anything.
0: Exactly. No repercussions for being a three musketeer.
1: Wow, that's, that is uh, pretty cool. The games were in London. Did you have a good time there?
0: I did. So I was 16 years old. I was the youngest on my team. When I say my team, that's me and these seven other wheelchair fencers that competed. So I was the youngest on my team by eight years, and I was the only female on my team. So it was kind of like getting to go see a new country with all of your fun uncles, yeah, I <laughs> which is kind of how I always describe it.
1: And how many people were on the Paralympics team in general?
0: Oh, wow. I want to say around two to 300.
1: Pretty good amount of people.
0: Absolutely. And that was, that was actually what really fueled my career path was going to the London games and seeing so many people, both Americans and from foreign countries, who were these high profile professional athletes, not in spite of their disability, like many of the general public sometimes assume, but they were professional athletes because of their disability and just being able to see the empowerment and the empathy and just the community that really surrounds the Paralympic movement and Paralympic sports is what helped me to realize that I wanted to work in the Paralympic movement for the rest of eternity. And that's kind of one of the stepping stones that led me to working at the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes.
1: Okay, so let's pick it up there. You're the membership and safe sports coordinator. What does that mean?
0: I, I am. So it is a fancy way of saying pretty much anything that has to do with our members, I am the one that gets to deal with it. I work with are members from grassroots level. So I work with people who have maybe recently lost their vision or their vision is failing them. And they are looking to get involved in sports wherever they are across the US. But then on the other hand, I also get to work with our Paralympic sport of goalball and work with those athletes to make sure that they are all in compliance with their safety measures. Um, so I really get to run the whole gamut. And I think maybe biasly, but I get to have the most fun at USABA because I get to really have that hands-on interaction with the entire span of our membership.
1: Okay, so what is the USABA and who would the who's the target member?
0: Yeah, so that's kind of a hard question because our goal at the US Association of Blind Athletes is to create and facilitate opportunities for People of all skill level who are visually impaired to live a healthier and happier lifestyle. Um, So whether that is someone who has lost their vision recently and is just looking for opportunities or even the how-tos, or whether that is someone who ran marathons competitively, has slowly started losing their vision, wants to get involved in that capacity... Or whether it's someone who's vying for the Paralympic team. That's the beautiful part of USABA, is that we are creating and we have a community of athletes with visual impairments at all ability levels. So that we can create kind of this, it is such a niche community of people who are interested in being healthier and happier who also happen to have a visual impairment.
1: I imagine it is, yeah. So it sounds like you run the gamut from all kind of visual acuities and all ages then.
0: We do, yeah. So it's interesting. One of our programs that I run is called United We Move. And it kind of sprung out of the COVID pandemic and when all of our in-person programming ceased to exist. We created a virtual program that utilizes Fitbit's And we have people who are registered all across the U.S. who use these Fitbits to track their steps and their active minutes, and they compete in challenges with each other and have a community on social network. And so our youngest participant is 12 years old, and our oldest participant is 72 years old. And then when you look at the fact that that program is represented in 33 states, the Weight range of our participants also goes from 85 pounds to 370 pounds. So we really pride ourselves on being a niche organization for everyone. Uh, It's kind of the fun way I like to explain it. You know, we are for people who are seeking this type of lifestyle, but it doesn't matter where in their journey for that lifestyle they're at. So we really serve everyone. And specifically within that, a membership with USABA provides the opportunity to get involved in programs like that. Uh, And so that's just kind of one of the many benefits that comes with being a USABA member is the ability to get involved with people, either A, who seem to live a similar lifestyle to you and seem to be almost like you in every way on paper. And it's also to create a community around our differences. So to be able to span that age gap or that demographic gap or that weight gap or whatever it may be to create a more diverse community.
1: You've wet my appetite here. I'm not a member. <laughs> Maybe I should be. I don't, I'm certainly an amateur at, at, a, at, a few things and terrible at others, but membership is like uh there's a there's a fee for that on an annual basis, and then you get plugged into the network of other blind athletes at at whatever level you think you fit into
0: to an extent, yeah, so with our membership, it's you have the option to either pay a annual fee like you mentioned or for our athletes who once they have you know really gotten their foot in the door and realized how beneficial our organization can be to them. There is a lifetime membership um, in where you are a member for life, um, but it equals out to four years of membership. So it's really just a cost-benefit analysis on that side of when you weigh the benefits that you can receive from USABA in terms of programs, in terms of information that we communicate every two weeks in our newsletters, uh, in terms of the programs both closed and open so what that means is we've done programs on our Facebook where our Paralympic athletes will create workout videos and anyone who follows our Facebook can participate along with them and they also get the opportunity to participate in closed programs which are programs that are just sent out to our members who are registered so there's something for everyone with a USABA membership.
1: Yes, it sounds like there are um, lots of things available. So there's lots of programs and sports. Uh, Where do they generally occur? It sounds like maybe some are online or virtual, but uh, physically, where do they occur and, and what are the main sports that are participated in?
0: Yeah, So we have what's called a sport club network. And that means we have uh, a list of local partners all across the U.S. who facilitate programs independently, but kind of under our USABA sport club umbrella. So we have Global teams in Seattle, Atlanta, D.C., Columbus, everywhere across the U.S. Uh, we have different programs available to all of our members. And then specifically for some of our members who are in that more rural or less connected cities is when we really do encourage the participation within the virtual programs, but we do have programs across the U.S. In terms of sports that we offer, we are the High Performance Management Organization, or HPMO, for the sport of goalball. So what that means essentially is the Paralympic sport of goalball, played in the U.S. is housed under the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes. So when you see Team USA Paralympians competing in the sport of goalball, that is one of our programs that we facilitate and that we are most proud of. Um, We also facilitate eight other sports. So we are also what is called a multi-sport organization. And so we offer cycling, skiing, powerlifting, paratriathlon, goalball, soccer, track and field, and swimming. So we offer programming in all of these sports throughout the year, whether that be a one-time camp or in the case of goalball, since we are the management organization for that sport, we do four regional tournaments and a large national tournament every year. With COVID, obviously things have changed in that front, but that is kind of what we consider to be our baby. And so we facilitate a lot of programming in the sport of goalball. But we also like to provide the most opportunities to our members and athletes. So we also provide programming in those seven other sports.
1: Okay, you've mentioned goalball a few times. I don't know what that is. Uh, (laughs) Explain goalball, please.
0: Sure. So the sport of goalball is, it's very hard to explain. It is somewhat similar to three-on-three soccer, except your team does not move from the goal box. So to imagine, it is an indoor court sport played on a volleyball court, and you have goals on either end, and you have three people on each team who are in front of the goal for each team. Because in the blind and visually impaired community, visual acuity can range so greatly, there is this equalized playing field by everyone wearing eye shades. So, completely darked out. No one can see anything. So, the playing field is completely level. And the goal ball itself is this large, it's almost the size of a bowling ball, but it's made out of thick rubber. Um, and it has essentially bells and ball bearings inside of it to make noise when it is shaken or thrown. And the point of the sport is to score a goal in your opponent's goal. But obviously, your goal in the game is to defend your goal. And so it is a very high speed back and forth of strategically hurling the ball down the court to score against your opponents while they can hear the ball coming and have to react to defend their own goal. So that is a very large overview and somewhat messy explanation of the sport of goalball.
1: Okay. And are you using hands and feet or one or the other?
0: Yes, you can use your hands and your body. When you are on defense, you're essentially in a kind of squatting or hands and knees position. And when you hear the ball coming, you have to be able to identify where on the court the ball is. Um, So there's no talking by anyone in the stands or anyone on the throwing team, you have to be able to identify on defense where that ball is coming from so that you can essentially spread out or shoot your body out like a beanstalk uh, and lay on your side so that you can defend as much of the goal as possible while still being being able to identify where the ball is at so you don't get hit in the face or break a finger or something of that nature. It's a very technical sport, um, and I wish I could explain it a little Better, but that is the general gist of the sport.
1: It's okay, I think I get a pretty good visual about that, as you mentioned, uh, visual acuity can vary quite a bit, so who qualifies for the USABA? It sounds like maybe anybody with uh, any kind of visual challenge would qualify. Um, I was looking on the website. there are some classifications of athletes. How does that work?
0: In the international Paralympic realm there is the overarching organization that oversees blind and visually impaired sports called IBSA. And they have three visual qualifications that really span across all sports that have a visual impairment category within their sport. Um, and they may be called something differently. So in goalball, they're labeled one B1, B2, B3. But then in track, it's T11, T12, T13. It's the same classification system across all sports. They just sometimes have slightly different names. But we recognize the three IBSA classifications, which are B1, which is no light perception in either eye up to light perception and an inability to recognize the shape of a hand at any distance or in any direction. So this would be your most severe visual impairment or blindness. Um, And then moving up, we head to B2, which is from ability to recognize the shape of a hand up to visual acuity of 2600 and or a visual field of less than five degrees in the best eye with the best practical eye correction. And then moving up from there, the third IBSA visual classification is B3. From visual acuity above 2600 and up to visual acuity of 2200 and or a visual field of less than 20 degrees and more than five degrees in the best eye with the best practical eye correction. I know those are a little technical, but typically the majority of our athletes fit into one of those three categories. And those are the three categories that are recognized internationally by IBSA. To reach the largest number of people with visual impairments in the U.S., we have a fourth classification uh, called B4, and this is from visual acuity above 2200 and up to visual acuity of 2070 and a visual field larger than 20 degrees in the best eye with the best practical eye correction. So again, this is that B4 is a classification that could not necessarily compete in the Paralympics but that we include in our programming because we want to embrace the largest num- largest amount of people possible.
1: So I am 2300 in one eye and and no light perception or zero vision in the other. Based on what you were just saying, it sounds like I probably fall into like B2 or 3, one of those mm-hmm. one of those two.
0: Yes. So that Again, that is somewhat of a tricky one. You would most likely fall into the category of B3.
1: And what is the best or most popular sport, I guess, that the USABA?
0: The most popular sport would be the sport of goalball because we are that high performance management organization. That is, again, our baby. Uh, and so we facilitate the most amount of programs in that sport. And we definitely see the most involvement from our members in that sport as well.
1: You mentioned some other sports cycling, I think was one of them. I'm interested Mm -hmm. in knowing more about what opportunities and programs are available for cycling.
0: Sure. Yeah. So in a non COVID year, um, we host two in-person cycling camps uh, at the Olympic and Paralympic training center in Colorado Springs. So what that kind of looks like is we bring in athletes who are interested in the sport of cycling or who have dabbled in the sport of cycling and want to kind of increase their grassroots skills. And we bring them in, get them on a tandem bike, kind of really just help them hone their skills of cycling here at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center in Colorado Springs with some of our national staff.
1: Is it possible to find pockets around the country of cyclists that would um, be members of the U.S. ABA?
0: Absolutely. So one of my, again, roles as the membership coordinator is anyone who is interested in learning, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I want to learn about visually impaired bowling. That's the kind of thing that someone would reach out to me And I would be able to connect them directly to either someone who is in their area and performing that sport or service, or I would be able to connect them with someone on the national level who would be equipped to do such a thing.
1: Is there anything else we've missed about the USABA in general?
0: We really just span a wide gamut of both sports and a wide gamut of members. um, And we're excited to hopefully have more members.
1: And where does somebody become a member? What's the best way to do that?
0: Absolutely. So if you wanted to become a member, you would go to www.usaba.org. And then from our homepage, you would be able to find the link to help you join as a member.
1: And let's talk about the real reason we're here. Today is the beginning of National Blind Sports Week.
0: It is indeed. Happy National Blind Sports Week.
1: Yay. (laughs) Tell me uh, everything you can about that.
0: Sure. So National Blind Sports Week, again, is something that kind of stemmed out of this need for virtual programming from COVID um, and the danger that in-person programming can cause. To give you a little history first, this is the third annual National Blind Sports Day event And National Blind Sports Day is a hopefully soon-to-be nationally recognized holiday on October 3rd. And so this is the third year that USABA is doing programming for National Blind Sports Day. But because we can't have that in-person programming aspect, we have created National Blind Sports Week, which is a week-long virtual experience that will be able to provide athletes parents, coaches, teachers, anyone who is interested in sports for blind and visually impaired athletes, the resources to get involved in any sport their heart could desire. We have five days of sports-specific webinars. What I mean by that is today we will have some youth-specific webinars um, hosted by one of our emerging stars which is a youth USABA athlete who has showed incredible promise in the blind and visually impaired sports world. And so she will be presenting on kind of what it's like to be a youth athlete in USABA, where she got started and where opportunities are. Tomorrow will be a goalball day where you can join along with our USA goalball national team coaches As they do an educational webinar, they do a live scrimmage at our U.S. Goal Ball Center for Excellence in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and our resident team program. There will be a Facebook Live Q&A with some of our athletes. And then tomorrow night, we will also have resource webinars. So those are webinars that are not necessarily sports-specific, but that are relevant to our community as well as relevant to just people interested in learning more about how to navigate the sports world.
1: Those events are taking place on Facebook exclusively or on the usaba.org website somewhere else or where?
0: All of the above. So we had a registration process beforehand and those who were able to register would be able to hop on our Zoom sessions to be able to ask questions in real time. But for those that didn't have a chance to register, that is absolutely okay because we are going to be Facebook live streaming all of our Zoom sessions. The sessions will be available live in real time on Facebook as well as available for those who registered on Zoom.
1: So it sounds like Facebook's a good place to go if you haven't already registered.
0: Exactly. If you wanted to head to our facebook it is just the u.s association of blind athletes
1: okay we'll probably see you there then if there's i'm sure there's some opportunities for volunteers on these types of things the all the in-person stuff um, do you have a place for those type of people to go to register to
0: i'm glad you asked john the greatest part about national blind sports week ending on national blind sports day is that you know we we're all incredibly bummed that we can't do our large national blind sports day in person programming but what we can do and what we are doing this year is we are having a plethora of people host virtual events on Saturday October 3rd so what's that what that will look like is people from all across the US will be hosting Virtual workouts, virtual seminars, virtual skills clinics. Um, And so, for those who are interested in getting involved on the facilitation or the volunteer side, that is the perfect opportunity for someone to kind of help out with National Blind Sports Week as well as being able to make a difference on National Blind Sports Day itself. To find out more about National Blind Sports Week and National Blind Sports Day, you can go to our website at www.usaba.org slash day, And that will give you our most up-to-date schedule that'll let you know when everything is going on, uh, as well as how to view all of our Facebook Live webinars, Q&As, and everything in between. So go on and check it out.
1: Okay, and will we see Kat Camp at any of those events?
0: You betcha. I will be moderating 75% of these events. So I'm sure if you stop by, I will be there.
1: Wow. You're going to be busy this week.
0: (laughs) That is the plan.
1: Well, thanks a bunch for squeezing us in, Kat. It's a pleasure visiting with you. And uh, I'm excited about Blind Sports Week and excited about the uh, USABA. And I think I'm going to become a member myself.
0: Well, I'm so glad to hear it, John. And thank you so much for letting me share about this awesome National Blind Sports Week, and I look forward to meeting some of your listeners during the week. Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. And for a complete transcript of this episode, connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.